documented 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. As Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. There we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Grant Cameron. It's evening here, and I have a guest where it's morning. I'm talking to Shao Ma, who is in Australia. And we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects, and that is uh, foreign ufology. Because um, in I come from Canada, and we have a lot of talk here, but it's all American. American, American this, American that. I know, right? And it's almost like uh, you think that that's the only place that UFOs appear. So Shao is joining me from uh, Australia, but she's actually from China and uh, from mainland China. And I want to uh, pick her brain and find out what's going on in China. Uh, do they have the same issues that we have? And are we going to talk about a little bit about um, um, contact modalities? And we're going to talk a little bit about experiences because I basically have maintained all along that unless you talk to the people who are interacting with the phenomena, you will never figure out what's going on. You cannot figure it out by watching stuff fly around in the, in, in the sky. So Xiao yeah. is joining me and um, she's an experiencer. How are you doing, Xiao? Very good, thanks. Thank you, Graham. Thanks for inviting me to the show. Hi, everyone. Beautiful. And uh, so give me a little bit of background on, uh, you were raised in China and then you went to Australia. So explain your background and how you got into the UFO field. Okay, so as everybody can see, my name is Xiao, S-H-A-O. So um, I'm a Chinese. So I stayed in China for quite a while. And then I went to Australia for my high school and a uni. And eventually I settled down, um, now practicing as a lawyer. Um, so my experience started, I think, around to, uh, 2012, you know, just around that time, they say the world is going about to be ended. And, and when they when I went to my office, uh, law firm, I saw a UFO saucer outside of the window. So that's the tipping point of my life journey. And suddenly I realized there might be other life uh, in this universe that we don't even know. So I start to explore this information. I try to watch the YouTube. What's going on? Is there any aliens? And I do believe that this alien concept is somehow seeded in my consciousness because when I was very little, I always very open-minded person. I do look into like a supernatural stuff, but not that kind of like super keen, crazy about it. I'm just have that kind of open mindset. Like you never know since, you know, there might be some other things which we don't understand. And then, um, interestingly, I came across a one video really had like a very profound impact. Um, 
on me. That is Mary Rodwell's presentation. Okay. So are she you, talked are about. Are you near Mary there? Do you live near her in Australia? No, I think she's based in Queensland side, okay. with I'm based in New South Wales, well, like a, a different state. So we're talking about maybe a flight, like eight hours on flight. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So she's at the the best bit in a very lovely tropical weather location. So yes. <laughs> So Mary's video uh, was really triggered me a lot. I don't know what that is, but her message is so profound and really shook me a bit. And then I got in contact with Mary Rockwell. I said, hey, look, I don't know what's going on. You know, I saw the UFO saucer and I start to have those very intense out-of-body experience and, and all these so-called crazy things happen. So Mary directed me to the... Um, New South Wales Ufology Association. And that sort of like opened the door to this field. I start to get more information on monthly basis. And I had that experience for quite a few years, you know, getting to know more information about ufology and spiritual information and different content modalities. And how I got into Chinese ufology is that I think around 2017, I believe, someone from China just said, hey, look, I know that you have a lot of like ET contact experience. Why don't you just uh, join our show and talk about it? And I decided to be bold. And I decided to use my real name, uh, real occupation, talk about my real life story. So I said, yeah, why not? So that's, so I did one. And funny enough, the first one I did became just viral, just so popular in China. And, uh, and then I received hundreds of emails from people just say, your message resonates with me. That's what's happening to me as well. So that's how everything's unfold. I've been invited to different shows. I talk about my experience and give feedback to those people who you know, wrote me the emails. And eventually um, I'm connected with quite a few people in the ufology field in China and spiritual communities. And then I hosted, co-hosted actually, uh, the, the first Chinese ufology conferences in Beijing and China, and they, they never had that kind of big size before. Like, it was huge. It was like, we're talking about thousands of people. I mean, um, given that Chinese is very, China's very, um, let's say, very politically controlled location, um, having such conference is very unique, so quite different. Um, so that's, that's how I got into it, but also I got quite a few backlashes from the government as well. So happy to um, happy to have a chat more about that later on. Yeah. Uh, so China, um, my impression was that China is cut like cut off. So how do you make contact, say from Australia, and is is the community? I heard that there was a lot of people interested in UFOs in China. Are there open groups where people belong, and how do you, how do you communicate with people inside of China? Yes, you're right. So the information in China is extremely controlled. They can't use Google, no Facebook, no YouTube. So there is a war, like internet war between China and the rest of the world. Okay. Um, the way how we communicate is the Chinese use what's that called the WeChat. So okay. WeChat is very similar to like a WhatsApp. The WeChat got like more functions. Like it's, it's a hybrid a product it's like a WhatsApp mixed with YouTube dish okay. thing. Okay. Um, that's how I got in contact with Chinese ufology field. 
Okay, and and so you had conferences, and were these open conferences where people would attend in China? Wow, and you said yes, yes. We had two conferences. One held in Shanghai, the okay. other was in Beijing. So we invited like uh, those top like a uh, popular names like uh, Michael Sellers, okay. Laura Eisenhower, and John D'Souza. That was the first session. We just want to invite those who are, uh, are quite well known in China. Yeah. So yeah. Wow, and you say thousands of people showed up. Yeah, we did, and uh, we didn't actually do any advertisement, and not even on our like say the Chinese YouTube called WeChat. We just briefly told our small circle friends, and then people tell their people, their friends, and friends, and that's how we actually gather all those people. Um, yeah, it was not very easy, and it was extremely challenging because. Um, Chinese ufology field are very divided and there are people who are not in our best interest if they want to do some very naughty things as well to ruin these conferences. So it was very challenging to have that com um, conferences. Okay, you're talking about divided. So the US community is very divided as well between you know people who are making up stories and people who are in conspiracies and people who are experiencers and the people who are doing government don't like the experiencers. Is it the same sort of thing in China where you have the egos are clashing? Yes, absolutely, Grant. And <laughs> trust me, in China, the ufology community is even more crazier. Um, and I can tell you a few incidents. Like when I do my show, I only talk about myself, my experience, you know, in the, if I want to mention people's name, I want to make sure it's very positive. And, but you got those people who do want to sabotage your reputation and make up all those untrue stories about you. And when we held those like a conference in China, there are people who are very jealous of us. They even called the police trying to ruin this conference for no reason, just because they're jealous, they don't like you, they just don't have the best interest for you. Um, and people talk bad things about you, make all those fake, fake stuff about you so uh, an ego play the trick and they're like who the hell are you just so young why you become just all of a sudden so popular you know all those kind of things they don't seem like a work together but there's a interesting things what i actually found is that it seems like judging by my experience the younger generation when i communicate like uh, quite a few things like uh, who are very popular in the chinese ufology field the younger generation seems like get along with each other, less politics, but the issue is mainly from the older generation. I don't know why, maybe because the age thing, like, you know, you have to show more respect to the older generation ufologists, which I do, but they just, maybe their ego got hurt because the younger generations start to rise up and they may feel that we are the threat for them. I don't know. Um, but you, I, I, I do see a lot of divisions and a lot of politics and big egos also seen playing Chinese ufology field and spiritual communities as well. Okay, we have to get into that too. You talked about your media, like what kind of media do you, do you have a show? Do you have something to broadcast in China? Or So tell me a little bit about that and, and what kind of shows you have and guests and, and topics. I intentionally, purposefully not to have a platform in China okay. because in China, everything is very political. 
Yeah. So if I have a platform or even like say a Facebook page, like, like in China, they have a different type of Facebook page. They don't call it Facebook, something very similar to that. I might get in trouble. So I don't have any of these. So how that happen is every time when people just say, oh, I like you, Shao, let me invite you to my platforms. So I've been constantly invited to various different platforms. Like you may invite me this time and next, you know, next time someone else might invite me. So that's how I uh, just uh, basically introduce myself and to all other people and how those local Chinese start to get to know me. So yeah, I don't have a platform. I don't have a channel, but I do have an email address. So if people want to get in contact with me, um, I call them to email to me. Okay, can we put put the email in there for people that might have questions for you or here? And we'll link that. Anything you want to link? Uh, have yeah. you worked in Have you worked in the Hong Kong community as well? No, I um I I never really stayed in Hong Kong, but I do know a few Hong Kong ufologists. Yeah. Like the one I saw, like you probably know Stan Ho. Yeah, yeah. We had a few email exchange. He's a very lovely guy yeah. and very sincere. I do like Stan. He's a real ufologist and you know ET experience. So um, I'll give a high credit about him. And he's got a very interesting book which I would highly recommend. It's about his life experience and ops, you know, around uh, him. So yes, yeah, Stan Ho is uh, a, a very decent people in the uh, Hong Kong ufology field. Yes. Yeah, that's it. We did an interview. I did an interview with Stan Ho about his uh, orbs. I've had a number of panels where I bring in people from Australia. There's a big woman on orbs. Uh, uh, the United States, all over the world, people are taking these. Have you studied these orbs and the beams and all that kind of stuff that Stan talks about? Is that stuff go on in China? And does it? Are people experiencing yeah. that as well? Yeah. Uh, you have to use those cheap cameras in order to catch those orbs, like the high definition one, you cannot catch those orbs. Yes, I think um, I've got quite a few photos um, that's saving in my iPhone. I can show you at a later stage, wow. capture with those orbs. The orbs could be a spirit, could yeah. be ETs, could be anything. And uh, yes, I do know a bit about orbs, but to be honest, I don't know too much. Okay, I'll send you some links of orb videos that we are panels that we had where we had um, maybe five or six people on a panel were from different places and they all have these collections and maybe you can come on with your orbs. And what we do is everybody just shows their orbs and yeah. sort of take a guess at what they think it is. And it's, it seems to be getting, um, it's very popular. Of course, everybody says it's dust, it's this, it's that, but, but there's, there's so many interesting and Stan Ho did have a very interesting, and he would do the things like he'd go out in the rain and take the oh. in the rain and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm friends with Stan. Did you ever deal with uh, Neil Gould is another Hong Kong guy? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think someone introduced me, either Michael Sala or Mary introduced me to Neil Gould. Yeah. And we had a, quite a few email exchange. And then we said, oh, yeah, let's let's Skype, you know, and then we just keep talking about it. Uh, we just didn't actually eventually make it happen. So maybe I should get in contact with him again. Yeah. So I haven't met him yet. Oh, yeah. He's a very interesting guy. He's an experiencer like yourself. So so talk about your experiences. You've, you've had not just a sighting, you've had interactions with the intelligence. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, look, to be honest, I had all sorts of experiences. We're talking about just focus on ET first. 
you know, I had a very positive experience, negative experience, or all those like very neutral, like business, like, you know, just get things done. Um, those beings from all sorts of constellations from different dimensions, some are very positive, angelic-like, some are not for my highest interest, could be very negative. Um, a lot of them are very neutral, just observe, basically. They don't, want to, they don't want to do anything, just observe human's life. And uh, yeah, I start to know about those extraterrestrials a bit more at a later stage of my awakening journey, let's call it. Um, so yeah, it depends what you want me to focus on. I can talk about more about my experience. Okay, well, let, let's go to um, the first question of why you? Why are these beings interacting with you? And are you interacting with a whole series of beings? And why do you think you don't have just one being, but you have a whole series of beings? I think it's not just me, to be honest. It happened to literally, from my perspective, I think ET can't tell any like spiritual content uh, because it happened through different content modalities, as you know, not always ET could be angels, it could be different form. It's not just me, it could happen to literally everyone on this planet. The issue is most of people don't even notice, they don't even aware. They might just brush them off as like, oh, it's just a dream, or you know, it's just something to do with my eyes, I didn't see it clearly. Yeah. But I do think contact happened to literally everyone. In terms of the beings that I am in contact with, um, in terms of the positive group, they say that it's the uh, sort of like pre-life sort of plan that we made before my incarnation. Uh, but when I say, I want to know what's going to happen to my life, what is my role? And they just say, there's a reason, there's a few times they emphasize, there's a reason why you are incarnated <clears throat> as a Chinese in this lifetime. And I say, yeah, but tell me, you know, I want to <laughs> know. But I say, oh, you know, and then they just disappear. And a few times I shout, you know, you're very important. I, said, I heard about that bullshit a few times. Everybody's so important. You know, don't <laughs> don't just inflate my ego. Everybody's important, Brent, right? Yeah. He said, yeah, but there's more to it. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, but tell me. I said, oh, you will know at a later stage. So I don't know, like uh, I might be. So what I'm trying to say is the counter experience happens to literally everyone. It's not because I'm special or you're special. It's just happened to everyone. That's what I perceive. And uh, I think everyone are playing a role at this very pivotal time in you know, human's history. And I do believe so. And I've got a very strong feeling. They always emphasize is that there's a very important reason, Xiao, for you to be incarnated as a Chinese in this lifetime. But they, they, they just refuse to tell me what that is. So I don't have a clue. <laughs> So describe a, a negative experience and, and the what why why would they fit into this? Why is that part of your say we call it a mission, your mission on on here? What why are they interacting with you and, and what would you consider a negative experience? Um I don't know too like uh, I don't know which group. I've got a strong feeling that could be reptilian. I've been told by the positive being. They try to, you know, mess you around, they try to make your life a bit miserable, basically. And do your headings. Um, I think, I don't know, that could be generic, uh, genetic reason. Um, or could be just want to, you know, uh, create some roadblocks on your life journey, you know, want to stir you up, basically. 
Um, I don't have the absolute answer, but I think those are the two major reasons. One for genetic reason, the other is to prevent you from um, achieving your life goals or success. Okay, so it's it's not that they're doing anything to you when they're inter interacting with you. It's stuff behind the scenes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, stuff behind the scenes, like the, you know, the light globe, you know, can, the the light globes can you know gong and they, they can mess around with your electronics, right. and uh, just you know could be really annoying. So all I need to do is call the angels, you know, clean me up and burn some you know incense and things like this. Okay, lots of experiencers have this thing with the um, with the computers, with the lights blowing out, stuff like that. Um, um, I even know one one famous experiencer where I was going to go see him, and they said, "Don't let him touch your computer." Do you have that kind of stuff where you have problems with the computer? Uh, Chris Bledsoe, if you're familiar with the very very famous experiencer Chris Bledsoe uh, from yeah. North Carolina, that the government is watching. He made a list for me one time of appliances. It was like three washers, three dryers, two microwave ovens, fridge. It was like everything. All he had to do was touch it and it would tell me about it. And they just so annoying, like to do with electronic device. And they can do a headings too, because sometimes I need to focus and they just inject those sorts, you know, messy around a bit. And yeah, it happened to me, to be honest. And there's one thing I want to highlight, Grant. When I um, did a, quite a few of my interviews with, uh, you know, in the Chinese community, yeah. I received so many emails. What's really surprised me, Gwen, is more than 80%, no joke, more than 80% emails that I have received. A lot of people complaining that they are having like um, psychic attack and they just don't know how to handle it. So they are seeking help. So I think it's just happens to a lot of people, but I do believe that in China, this is a major issue and even more severe. Yeah. So what, what kind of beings, if you're getting letters, are they, are the people all sort of talking about encounters or just sightings or, or both? Well, the, as I mentioned, like 80% of the email, uh, uh, 20% are talking about their experience. Like, oh yeah, it resonates with me. Great, it's always start like the first paragraph. Ah, I love your show, it resonates with me, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I've got issue, I've got psychic attack. I've got this and got that. So I don't think they know what type of being that is, but seems like entity attachments and like ET implants, uh, this create a lot of issue for them. And because in China, information are very, uh, very little, so they said, oh, you know, I heard about these and do you have any suggestions? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. So uh, for the following sessions, when I uh, had quite a few interviews in China, I tend, to, I tend to focus on how to resolve those entity attacks or um, alien implants. I know like disclosure is very important, but I think what they actually looking for, very imperative information should be how to resolve those issues because especially when you just start to be awakened, you got those like entities try to mess up with you. So people want to know how to handle those situations. And so what do you tell them? Well, I just say, you know, at the beginning, like I, I, I tell them to do the standard stuff, like a meditation, how to clean themselves, 
the standard stuff you can hear from all the YouTubers, you know, those information. But later on, actually, what I told them, even in my conference, I'll be very open and honest with them. A lot of issue, a, a lot of people have that issue because they are so stubborn, like my past version, they refuse to change. So if they start to transform, if they start to change themselves, that's where their life will get better. And you can see once you have like a life transformation, these things will decrease. So the ultimate way to resolve those issues, I'm sorry, I don't have any other better way, is to improve yourself, to change yourself. This is literally the only way from my perception. And um, of course you can use uh, like a crystals or other things, but those are the temporary relief that can help you a bit. But to send those beings away, people really need to change themselves. That's, I think that's the core. Okay, yeah. you, you mentioned before uh, the spiritual aspect to whether it's orbs or whether it's this or removing things. Um, spirituality must be a sort of a tough thing to bring up in China. It is. Uh, I have to run a bit of mini history about Chinese uh, okay. spiritual community. Go ahead, go ahead. So back in 1980s, you know, very early stage, late 80s to early 90s, that was when, you know, maybe heard about Chinese qigong. It's like a Reiki stuff, like yeah, qigong, yeah. like a tai chi stuff. It was very popular in China. And I remember like even my friends, I was so little that time, right? and they talking about their family practicing qigong things. But the CCP, they would consider that uh, could be uh, a threat because if people start to practice qigong, they may have their spiritual opening. So it's really hard to control them. So how they did is sabotage the entire qigong community. So everything in China is political. They drive a whole narrative about the disclosure movement, everything, including spirituality. Because of that, qigong was suppressed. And then we reach, you know, at a later stage, you've got a younger generation like me talk about the ufology and spirituality, like or even religion, like Christianity and the Buddhism or Taoist, like an ESP, psychic and out of body experience, near death community. All of these communities have been suppressed due to political control, sadly. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. Wow. And, and the, the Chinese Communist Party, do you know, like, you know, in the United States, there's all this talk about the government working on technology, working on crashes. Do you hear that kind of stuff? Do you, do you know of any crashes in China or is there like a famous Roswell stayer story that's told there that people repeat? Yeah, I heard a case from the other Chinese ufologists, which I'm more than happy to introduce to you. Yeah. Maybe you can interview him. Uh, there's a very famous case in China. Uh, I think there was a uh, UFO saucer was crashed into, um, I think somewhere in like a, a people's backyard, okay. a people's house backyard. And what they found is like a satellite size. So it's literally small size, like a UFO saucer crash due to lightning. You know, some UFO saucer cannot really uh, deal with like a lightning issue. So when it's crashed, they found two aliens. One is dead. The other is looking like a mouse, like a very mouse looking, very little, like a, a tall, like a short gray size, 1.3 meters tall. 
very mouse looking beings. And he was severely injured. Um, so when the Chinese, you know, one of the guy realized that in the midnight and he reached out for help. So are you okay? And the being just hold his hand and say some alien language, but telepathically he can pick that up. It means like help me, we need help. Um, for some reason, then military got involved and they just closed down the entire area and say, look, nobody see anything, nothing happened. That guy, the, the witnesser, he doesn't even know what's going on to that alien. Maybe, you know, he eventually died and maybe they kept that alien beings. Wow. But there are a lot of talk around in China, uh, not just one, there's quite a few. Are, are there any sort of initiatives like disclosure initiatives where the government might be putting stuff into the UFO community to either inform them or disinform them, stuff like that? Yes, it is a very controlled narrative. So I think audience need to know that in China, ufology is literally 30 to 40 years behind. Okay. So we're at a very early stage of breaking into this field. So that's why I talk about like full disclosure is required because in China, they are lack of those information. All the information they can get is try to use like a VPN, we call that as a way to jump the firewall, right? To see, like to listen to coast to coast and other information. Um, China, like CCP, they have very controlled narrative. So what I can see is uh, two years ago, they started to promote the idea of like science fiction movies, science fiction books, um, but they don't allow like, people like me and others, like. Right? ET experiences to come out to talk about that experience. That's a bit of too open for them. You know, in like in US, in the Western world, sure, there's hundreds of these YouTubers that you know share their stories, but that's not the case in China. So when I came out of it and people think I'm very brave, and I think that's pretty common, you know, it's like, what's the big deal about that? But they think, wow, my gosh, you're so bold, you know, you do these and you use your real name. I was like, yeah. That's okay, you know. Um, so what we can see is a very controlled narrative. We're at a very early stage. So what they're trying to do is try to promote idea of science fiction movies, science fiction books first, and then gradually transitioning into maybe there's ETs or extraterrestrials living in this universe. Very trip job very primitive, I call it primitive, very early stage of information. Nothing really exciting, but I do know quite a few insiders. They share some really fascinating stories with me. Um, one guy tried to come out last year and he's disappeared now. So I tried to get in contact with him, um, but we can't find him anymore, sadly. So as you can see, it's a very controlled narrative. So what are you talking about, like insiders? You're talking about military or people working programs and stuff like that? Some people really in the know. Like you would be fascinated about what's going on in China. Well, tell, you know, tell us a little bit of anything that you discovered in terms of what you know, what you might have been told in terms, because you know that's a big thing in the United States. And that would be one of the questions I've got for you. Do do the people in mainland China know about like Area 51, Bob Lazar, uh, all these? Uh, they know you, Grant. You are oh, very famous me. in China. <laughs> of course, they know all those big names. They're like you, Mary Rodwell. 
Yeah. Uh, Ray, you know, I interviewed Ray a few times on Chinese Ray platform. Yeah. And Catherine, um, Catherine from, um, what's that called? Biggest Kathy Ufology Martin. Martin. Um, Association. Yes, Catherine Kathy Martin. Martin. Yeah. She was on show a few times. People like them because you and Catherine, like Ray, are very credible ufologists you know so uh, uh people do value that a lot especially in china they 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 really like people with credentials and uh, people reliable um you are one of the top ufologists and your name is pretty big in china so even though they've got a firewall it doesn't it leaks a little bit <laughs> yes yeah, so there are so many younger generation like me when they listen to like coast to coast your um youtube channels we try to like copy those information, move to China and translate it with Chinese subtitles so everybody can see what's going on. Because mind you, we are not just have those firewall, but we also have language barriers yes. too. So yes. that's one of the major issue. Um, so what they do is uh, take a lot of effort, uh, Grant, for them to edit each videos, you know, like uh, just put those subtitles in, um, take a lot of effort, but a lot of, very passionate Chinese younger generation. They love to do that. Yes. Wow. And Chinese, I know, because uh, we have a lot of uh, Chinese students come into universities here because we're one of the cheaper universities. And then what they'll do is they'll come here, get a bachelor's degree. Then they'll go to Columbia or Harvard or, you know, some other place to get yeah. their postdoc. So I, we have a, lot, a fairly good Chinese community of, of young people. And they, I always point out that they, if you go and look at the gold medals, it's like chemistry gold medals, Chinese and biology and engineering. <laughs> they win all the. And I remember I used to I used to have uh, a house right next to the university. I used to have um, Chinese students, not just from later it was China. Before it was like from Malaysia and Singapore and places like that. And I remember them um, telling me, you know, that because we'd always take the Chinese students because they were so studious. They, the the people here, the kids, like say rich farmer sends his kid to school, they're all partying. The Chinese students are, are working. And I used to say to them like, how come you guys work so hard? He said, well, you don't go back and embarrass your family. It's this traditional <laughs> thing that you, you simply are, we're here to work. So we always used to try to get the Chinese students first to stay at our houses because they wouldn't cause any trouble. Yeah. They wouldn't have parties and they're, they're always yeah, working. Yeah. So the, I can yeah. see what you're saying. The, the very, very, uh, whether it's the mathematics or whatever it is, but very highly skilled in computers and stuff like that, where I can see where they would be getting this stuff uh, and translating it. And uh, do you think there's going to be a big change in China, say, in the next uh, 50 years? Or are they have they got it under control? Do you think that the younger generation will reverse what's going on now? Absolutely. My my face will be bet on those younger generations. I'm talking about the younger uh, generations, even younger than me. I'm, right now I'm 35. I'm talking about the generations could be like 10 years old, 20 years old, and yeah. even sort of like my generation. I do, because what's happening is our generation didn't go through like cultural revolutions, yeah. great leave and all those things. Yeah. These kind of events, uh, what they have done is cause a lot of trauma on those people. And what's really concerning is their ideologies are very fixed, like the way of thinking. That is the issue for Chinese ufology community, Grant, is when they have such a fixed mindset, like, you know, this is the way of thinking, this is the ideology, this, this is that, 
they can't really expand their consciousness because it's just so fixed into that narrative. So the younger generations, I'm talking about even the younger one, they are, they are the upgraded computer sometimes I call them. Like they are very conscious, very aware, very creative. And I do think they are going to take the lead for, you know, for China in the future. And I just wish to see less conflicts between US and China. I'm not talking about the politics. I'm just wish people to know that there's, I hope there's no conflicts between the American people, the Western people with the Chinese people, because it's nothing to do with me or you. It's more like to do with the politics level. But I do see a lot of like, uh, like a divergent of divisions and egos, the conflicts that are created by those major medias, you know, how people hate each other, those comments, and I wish to see less. So that's why I bet on those younger generations. From my experience, when I work with them, like in the Chinese ufology field and the spiritual communities, I feel like the generations, uh, the younger generation have the willingness to collaborate, you know, cooperate, like work together to make things happen. With the older generation, they just have the ego, like, hey, I'm here for so many years. I'm the president of XYZ Association. You know, who are you? Like, uh, I'm this and this. But they don't have the real research foundings. Like, there's no research paper come out. So that's, I think they need to drop it. Just face the reality that the younger generations are willing to promote ufology and spiritual information. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying in terms of, I think Einstein once said, people spend from the time they're uh, young to their 25 being creative and inventing stuff. And after 25, they spend the rest of their life defending what they already did. And that's what happens is you see this, it's very hard to change people's minds in terms of, I remember like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the person who looks at Stanton Friedman's files because they're stored here in Canada and I've been there once before COVID. And um, I always point out to people that Stan Friedman argued with people for 61 years, the top skeptics in the world, whether it was Shermer or Phil Klaas or Menzel or all these guys. And I said, you know what? After 61 years, he didn't convince a single guy of anything. And that's the thing is once you're old, you, your eyes, do, your, 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 your yeah. mentality really doesn't change. You sort of fix yourself in a position. So you put it out there and I think Max Planck said, the, the, the guy who was the father of quantum physics, uh, and I always quote him, and I sort of changed the quote a little bit, science and ufology advance one funeral at a time. It's like the old people die off and the new people come in. So that's why maybe what your role is, is that you are, you put it out there and you, almost like if you followed the, the alien channeler Bashar, he says, you live life to the highest excitement with no expectation of, of, of how it's gonna turn out. So if it makes you excited and you, you're putting it out there, you don't know how it's gonna affect, but people will get it. It will funnel yeah. way down. It may take 50 years, but your ideas are just part of like one little nail in the, in the house where you're, you're building this. And it's not like we have to, a lot of people wanna change it overnight. I want, I want it now, I want disclosure now. I wanna find out what's going on or I want this to change or whatever. And things, whether any sort of idea changes very, very slowly. And the other thing you pointed out, which I think is, is how easily people are manipulated, especially in the West, yes. is this idea of the, of the COVID thing. Well, you know, the Chinese and Chinese have a hard time in Canada and in the United States now because they've been tagged with this stupid nonsense. 
And I always point to them, you know, the thing of personal responsibility, which I also point out to people who are experiencers, is you have to take personal responsibility for what's going on. And that if, if, if you have areas in the world where, like Australia, Australia has basically taken care of COVID, New Zealand only had uh, 25 deaths. And so it's not what cards are dealt to you, it's how you play your cards. So you can have one country has 25 deaths and one has 600,000. And it's, it's got nothing to do with, uh, you know, how the cards are being dealt to you. It's how you're playing the cards, how you deal with it. So I think you, yeah. you know, you're right that you, you do what you can. You, you just figure out what, what makes me feel excited, what makes me feel valuable. You put it out and figure that, you know, you, you're helping to build a new world but it may not happen right now. You can't, you know, you can't get frustrated with the fact that it's because you, you start looking at it and you start thinking, sometimes you think it's even getting worse because we used to have a situation in ufology where at least yeah. you believed what people were putting out. Now I actually said to people, I've been in this for 46 years. And I said, I actually don't really know what to believe anymore because there's so everybody, the New York times, you have so much power by putting your stuff out that anybody can put anything they want out that's crazy stuff that makes money because everything is run by ads now. So you you put something yeah. in it and it's, if it's negative, if it's fearful, it's going to get a lot of clicks and you're going to get a lot of money. And you have this situation where anybody can put anything and it. It's very hard to, to, to figure it out. Is it true? Is it not true? So it's, yeah. it's a frustrating situation. But you, as you pointed out, they tell you you have a mission and and you find it out in the future. So you just do the best you can play your cards and yeah. do what you can. I really appreciate the fact you're doing because you are in a difficult position. Have you ever had the Chinese indicate that, that they would like you to stop this, the government or? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, that was big. Oh, is that right? Wow. Uh, they had a, a, like a CCP had a, a official news call. I think it's called global time or some shit like that. Excuse my language. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they, after my conference, you know, it was very successful. Everybody's happy. People say, thank you so much. You know, we finally can get in contact with those ufologists. We were like me and my friends was planning to have the second one the next year. So we can invite like Ray, Mary, you or Catherine yeah. to the next one. And uh, the Chinese government just got really upset about it. And they just wrote an article, give fan my name, give friend, you know, my uh, friend's name and make us sounds ridiculous and say that we made like a multi-million dollars out of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wasn't know you can make that much money out of it. It was so funny. And it was actually almost like a pro bono because we run these, we eventually actually lose, like we lost a bit of money. Yeah. for that conference because it's so expensive yeah. to run those events in China especially that was the first one and uh, they told me off you know they they did a very nasty things to me and they, they, they literally hired a guy to tell me not to come back to China because of that conference wow. yes so and and uh, they really put me down and really beat me hard and not just me and quite a few and they named more than 60 uh, let's call them YouTuber because in China we use like a WeChat, like a, a platform holder, the owner, not like a name them, like this person, that person, this person in that article, like sort of like, you know, what is this supernatural things? They make it sounds really like from the wild, wild land. This is a whole bullshit. This is not true. So they don't want people to be awakened because if people start to awaken, they are not. Be, they are not that kind of easily to be controlled. So I had a, a, a quite dangerous situation, but lucky that now I'm based in Sydney, Australia. 
but I'm still quite conscious about what I can share, what I can't share, even though I do have some quite amazing stories, but uh, I need to be conscious about it. So yeah, wow. be mine. At, at least your message is getting out. So if they write, sometimes it'll backfire though on them because if they put it out, then everybody goes, who is this girl? And, and then they start looking you exactly. up. Exactly, I can do the promotion for the ufology and spiritual community. Yeah. And you know what, I actually really appreciate to um, get into the Chinese ufology because Chinese, like I can see their reaction just judging by the emails I receive. Uh, it's not like a Western country, like Chinese, they have a different personality traits, how they react to those contact modalities, not just like a UFO and ETs, yeah. how they react to those like a near-death experience, how they react to those like a Reiki course. It's very different. Like Chinese people, um, they try to, not just Chinese, like a Japanese or Korean, like Asian continent, they all have the tendency of belief people with authority. Like if you say, I'm the expert from this area. So they seems like appreciate that more. Yeah. So it's not like a, in the Western country, you got those YouTubers, you know, they have a, a YouTube platform they can share the experience mm -hmm. people love to talk about it you know jump on the show talk about it so we can learn from each other it's like a journey of discovery for ourselves within china i asked them so many times grant that's one of my great disappointments i say come on guys you have to come out talk about your experience it can't be just me you know you have to come out you have to come out just stand up just share with others even use your pen name but I receive very little response. And people love to write to me privately. It's, oh, Sha, this is what happened to me. What do you think? Yeah. But they just don't want to come out. That's my frustration, you see. I want to see um, more sort of progressive trades in our community. But I didn't actually receive that much positive response. But that's the culture they're in. I mean, you, you become afraid who's going to report you, uh, your condition or your job. Or, are you willing that's to put it? It used to be that way here, where people were afraid, academics, we don't want to come forward because we'll be ostracized. I mean, they would join, you know, Harvard University, one of the most, in university is supposed to be where new ideas are presented. And you have Harvard University, when John Mack started talking about abduction, they decided they were going to pull his tenure, which never happens, and fire yeah. him. And so you see this, it's I almost like, uh, you, I guess you almost have to expect the sort of the, the backlash. It's sort of a balancing thing when, when you push up, it sort of pushes them down and they want to push back up again. Have you had any leakage? Because the Chinese community extends outside, like into Vietnam, Taiwan, Singapore. Uh, have you had uh, people coming from there or from Korea or these continents? Yeah. That, are, are, you, and are there other people? Or are you the main person who's receiving material from all these different uh, countries in the, in the Asian in China mainland, uh, let's focus on the spiritual community for yeah. a second. Because ufology, okay. like we're talking about contact modalities, not yeah. just one. Um, yes, not just me. If it's just ufology, uh, I would be one of the you know the guys who always pop up in China mainland, and people know me. But in terms of other contact modalities, we're talking about say Reiki healing mm -hmm. or spiritual information. They've got, I would say, half 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 of the information from the Western countries, like, you know, conversation with stars, you know, from the news book and all those information is very popular. The other half are mainly from um, Taiwan, Hong Kong and Singapore, 
all those like Chinese speaking countries, because Taiwan is actually Taiwanese actually is, is, are quite awakened because they have a less political control. And you more see. contact with the states, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. So they are seems like a more open in terms of like a media and the publication. So yeah. it, Taiwanese have a lot of information, you know, floating around, so uh, they can receive all those information. So what happened for Chinese mainland people is that if they can't get those information, they will just uh, buy a book from a, a, a Taiwanese publisher. Oh, I like that idea. I can't find it from the China mainland because censor, right? So they can purchase it from Taiwan or from Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, those spiritual leaders are very well connected with the uh, Chinese mainland people. And they always got invited to different show, different conference in China. So we're talking about a period prior to COVID-19. Okay. Now, we, I did the book Contact Modalities, which you have. And so when you, we're looking at contact modalities, uh, there we go. It's, it's made its way around the world. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we look at 70 different modalities. When you go to China, is, is there um, different groups like for, say, Reiki healing or near-death experience, yeah. out-of-body experience? And stuff is that sort of picking up and and what would because it's sort of a secular country what, what is a say secular people who've suddenly got an out-of-body experience or a near-death experience how do they how do they react to that in in terms of being in a culture where this is really frowned upon yeah um for in china like people not just have a one contact modality, they may have experienced multiple contact modality, like out-of-body experience, seeing UFO and EKs, you know, some people may have near-death experience that can be happen on multiple modalities. Um, but they also have their own little group, you know, little communities, like the community deal with ufology, the community focus on near-death experience, the communities in A, B, and C. But what I have found is, they really talk to each other that much. It's like a silo mindset. It's this is my, they always have an ego issue, like my one, you know, my practice is the best practice. This is the only way or my way or highway. And this is the best, you know. My master is A, B, and Z from this place. This is my master. So the other person says, Who are you? You know, I know this more than you do. So there's a lot of egos uh, that, that sort of played in those little subgroups. But eventually they talk to each other. They have to, because they start to realize you can't just focus on one very narrowed area. I mean, all roads leads to Rome, that's true, but they also need to communicate with each other. Um, what I also found grand is that there is a lack of progression in most of the content modalities. Say if someone's stuck in the ufology for so long, they may know heaps of information about the color of the light, you know, the ETs look like where they came from. But what's that telling you? What have you really learned from it? Is that related to the consciousness? I mean, I read your book, it's fascinating, quite a few chapters. I really like it. I mean, you don't see really much progression into the deeper meaning in their life. Like, what have you gained out of this experience? They just really enjoy that have, oh, you know, I really like to contact with people from, you know, Pleiadians or Syrians, you know, Arcturians. So what? So that's why I always challenge them. So you say that your master is from Tibet, you know, Swami of this and that. So what have you learned in your experience? I mean, beautiful. 
So that's what I want to share. There's a lot of egos and the silo mindset in Chinese um, content modalities communities. Yeah. Beautiful. Let, let's talk a little bit about consciousness because you brought this up and, and I can sort of I empathize with people because until 2012, I, I always make the joke. I, I couldn't have spelled consciousness. And I couldn't have cared less. I, didn't, I, was, I was chasing the president of the United States. I was looking for the intelligence officials. What does the government know? This sort of stuff. And I think one of the problems is that people like entertainment. They like the story. Yeah. Oh, tell me the story about the alien. And as soon as you get into consciousness, it's like, no, 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 I don't want it. I just want a, a thing or Hollywood. They would, they want the good alien versus the bad alien and the, and the, the Americans yeah. win the battle. And, great. And, and that's what they, they, they do. Serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people like, I mean, it's a lot of people because in a hundred years ago or maybe 150 years ago, what used to happen is the, the rich people like the president of the United States and people, very wealthy people, because they, they didn't have any TVs. So what they would do is they would have seances and they would have you try to talk to dead people. And that was their entertainment. Now it's like, let's go and skywatch. People say, well, you want to go skywatch? I go, no, no, I've seen something up close. And well, we're going to go skywatch. I said, well, what? this is like entertainment. Leave them alone. Maybe they're busy. Like, what do you want them to fly by to entertain you? Or like, what is this about? So that's, I agree with you that a lot of people don't really get the consciousness thing is, uh, I was even, I was talking to Jacques Vallée about this today. And I, I said to him, because people, Jacques Vallée did this new crash thing. So 1945, yeah. where Trinity happened, where the first atomic bomb was tested in, 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 um, in New Mexico in 1945, before they dropped the bomb in, in Japan, they tested. And a month later, there was a crash, a UFO crash right by the test site. And I said to Jacques, I said, was this a message, Jacques? And he said, well, yeah, of course it was a message. And it was this idea about the, nu about the nuclear weapons where we have to be one, whatever you do here affects the rest of the universe, all this kind of stuff. And then I talked to him about the metal because Jacques has always been into consciousness it's, it, it may not be ETs. It's more complex than that. You got to look at the consciousness. It's, you know, maybe a, a, a computer world where it's just a video game. It's all illusion. It's all consciousness. And so I said to him, I said, um, you know, Jacques, and I thought I had a new idea. I said, Jacques, you know, Jacques, uh, Bob Bigelow, who's the big billionaire that was in Las Vegas, who was spending all the money on UFOs. I said he was, you know, he was in an interview and they asked him about um, the Roswell crash. And he said, uh, well, yeah, I said, there's a crash in Roswell. Yeah, but there's also a crash in Russia. There was a crash in China. There's a crash in South America. I think they're seeding them. And there's a very high Nassau guy who used the, the story. He was at a crash site and he called it the gifting field. So, you know, Jacques Miller has these little pieces of metal yeah. and he's analyzing little pieces of metal and it has a, the isotope is all. And he goes, look at the isotope. It's, it's not from here. We don't have these isotopes and stuff. And I said, Jacques, don't you, don't you think that's kind of like gifting like a flying saucer flies across the galaxy and then little pieces start falling off it doesn't make any sense john and he said oh i came up, i came up with the idea of the gifting and that's the whole <laughs> idea is that we're this where stuff's being given to us so you have this this idea that people want this sort of um entertainment they want to know about the metals what did the metals show what, what, what you know did you have roswell where were the bodies where did they take the craft i know that's when the it comes issue. to the, the the thing what's behind it the message that why are they crashing? Why are they why are they turning off the nuclear weapons? Then everybody goes, I, don't, I really don't care. So that yes. may be a progression that we have to, you know, wait for people to sort of wake up because consciousness doesn't entertain so much as that's the thing with the woo. I, I used to tell you, you're speaking of contact in the desert, and I'll ask you in a minute what you're going to speak about. 
But I have yeah. been at these events. One of the ones that's a big one, like Contact in the Desert is the big one. The other one is even bigger. It's called uh, Consciousness Life Expo. And it takes place in Los Angeles. I remember going there and I was giving a lecture on consciousness. I had 35 people across the hall where some guy talking about some bizarre, he was on some planet or whatever and aliens and stuff. He had 600 people and they gave me a free ticket to his lecture. So I said, I don't want to go watch that, you know? And then I said, oh, well, it's a, it's an expensive ticket. They're like 60 bucks or whatever they are, like very expensive yeah. tickets. I, I better go and use the ticket because someone gave it to me. So I go at just at the last minute. So it starts at six o'clock. I go about five minutes to six. There's a lineup, 150 people down the hall and they're all standing here with their tickets. And they had oversold the tickets. These people were furious. What I want my money back. They oversold the tickets. I can't get in. The, they couldn't get in the room. 600 people. There was 150 people in the hallway. I had 35. And you'll find that when you start giving lectures, that if you go into consciousness, very few people attend. They want the, I, I call it the dancing bears. They want to see the dancing bears. They want the entertainment. And so I for agree. a lot of people, that's all it is, yeah. is entertainment for them. They've, they've got, they've got a, a tough job they do during the day and they just want something to entertain them at night. True, true, true. Look, I totally agree with you. What I can perceive is that there are two major issues in our community, regardless where we are based, either from China or USA or in Canada. Two issues are the first issue is actually to do with the people from our community. I'm sorry to say to the audience, there are some audience are like that. They want those like a hype, like, oh my God, you know, you've got an AK-47, you can kill all those negative aliens. Those are the hype, those breaking news, you know, got them really excited. They're waiting for this. Um, but they don't take some more meaningful message seriously, as you mentioned about consciousness. Like when I dive into the Chinese community, uh, ufology community, I really want to know just for my own interest, how does Chinese personality traits could affect their um, content modalities? Because I want to see that difference. I can see how American going to react to it. Uh, I can see how Australian going to react to their content modalities. But I'm very fascinated to know how this Chinese personality would affect their, like, you know, their supernatural experiences. That's something really interests me. So I thought about to talk about that. And then my friends said, oh, come on, just talk about your experience. That's more fun because nobody wanna know about the psychology behind of this. But I said, but that's, that's the purpose of having those experience is to lead you to the consciousness, you know, like you need to dive deeper, the connection, our experience, the connection with the psychology, what's that telling us? And uh, how does people from different world, like say how their ideology, because like I am from a communist country, how those people like ideology can affect their uh, content modalities. Like, I think this is very interesting. That's something we need to dive deep and talk about it a lot of people are not really interested. They just want to know those, like, you know, I don't know, Guardian from the Galaxy movie, you know, like the shooting those, all those excitement and hype. Um, sadly, Grant, we just have to wait for the general mass to catch up those consciousness awakening. That's the first issue is to do with the general, you know, public. The second issue is about the mainstream science field. They... Even we got into the quantum world and this and that, but our textbook are so behind, like maybe half century behind, you know, they still rely on the Newtonian science and they can't really study consciousness, even though, you know, they label themselves, look at me, you know, 
on the scientists and got a qualification of this and that, but they were based on the wrong model. If they both are like based on the wrong model, they cannot evolve like Newtonian science. Another funny thing about the mainstream science field is they all believe in the reductionism. You may heard about that word. So everything, you can break that down to the little pieces and break them down, break them down. You can study it and then you put them together and know how to work. But consciousness is a totally different thing. So you can't just use reduction, uh, reductionism to study consciousness. So what I'm saying is this entire main field in the science field, they are so arrogant to look at the fact that their science model is entirely wrong that's why they can't even evolve to the next stage. I'm, I'm, I'm just really frustrated. I'm sorry. I'm just really disappointed sometimes. I've, I've written about it in Contact Modalities. I wrote about it in a book called Inspired, The Paranormal World of Creativity. I'm very frustrated as well. The way I describe it is, and, and I, was in a, I was in an academic community. I was in a university for 40 years. I wasn't a professor, but I got to deal with professors and I know what they're like. Because I worked in, in, I started in a bar when I was going to university and I would, they would come and drink there and I got to know them as ordinary people and they're just as stupid as everybody else. I mean, they, 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 they're, they're very good at one little field. I always described it this way is that they'll do the reductionist thing, but I say that when you come down to it, they aren't explaining anything. All they're doing is describing. It's like describing a magician doing a magic trick. He did this and he did this and he did this and say, that's a good trick. Now, how did he do the trick? And that's the whole thing. So they can describe, for example, yeah. the splitting of a cell. The, the human cell splits in half and it splits. And this happens, this happens. This, and I said, you, you're not making the cell. The, 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 in, the biology is making the cell. The universe is making the cell. You're not doing anything. You're just describing what the cell is doing. And it takes 100 trillion atoms and puts them together in about three or four hours. And it'll put the right atom in the right place, 100 trillion atoms, and put huh. them together and put the life in it. And, and you just sit there and say, oh, it's just a division of cell. You're just describing it, but you're not explaining anything. So I, I'm with you. But I, what I yeah. will say in, in defense is that when 2012, when I had this download experience that said, because I, I had the first sighting in 1975. The second night I saw it, it came right at us. And then it made this turn and it started to fly away. And I remember as it was flying away, I was looking at it and I said, well, what's it doing? It's not doing anything. It's just, it's there. It just appeared to me almost like the, I call it the theory of wow. It was there for me to see it, to wake me up. And then it just flew away. And, and then I said, what's it doing? And so my whole life I was saying, what, what's going on? What, and I, I was looking for the person that had the most intelligence, the most, uh, you know, security clearances, so the president of the United States, somebody who had knew what it was. And then in 2012, it came into my head. I'm watching Colin Andrews who's given the, the crop circle lecture and it comes into my head and it was clear as day. It said, this has got to do with consciousness. And I went, consciousness is like, and it, it, it was like I was talking to God. I knew for a fact this was real. And yet I still didn't really understand it. But in 2012, I was only the second person to talk about consciousness. There was Colin Andrews who was talking about it. Then there was me. Now everybody, even people who claim that are still into the breakaway civilization and evil. Uh, and all, they're talking about consciousness, but they don't know what they're talking about. But they know you got to use the word consciousness. So to in 2012 till now, we've at least made the point where everybody knows you got to talk about consciousness, even if you don't know what you're talking about, because it's the in thing, almost like in, in academia. If you if you ever seen a there's a, um, a, a, a lecture given by Jill Bolte Taylor, who is a neuroanatomist. It's the second most watched TED talk uh, that's ever been done. 
she has a, a left brain hemorrhage. And I've talked about it in contact modalities where her left brain shuts down her rational analytical and she's in the, the, in the lap of the universe. She's one with the universe and stuff like that. And she talks about it. Other people have talked about it that when she was at Harvard University, you did not bring up the word. You absolutely could not bring up the word. Now, at least in academia, you can talk about the word. So we are making- But they have to, but they have to grant. Like, I know it's hard. I know yeah. it's hard. When I did it in China, I was have that afraid because I'm talking about the subject in CCT China, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you just have to push. I mean, for those scientists, they may have some insider information. I don't know, like a lot of information. I know it's hard, but they need to do it. Yeah. Because they are the leaders. They have to take, they have to take the shot. I, I think a lot. I think a lot of it may have to do with the people. It's a materialistic society where people just want to make money. So you you yeah. got, you got your job you, and you you're trying to. If you can't, it's almost like I always say, like the Eastern. I said, you know, the Eastern uh, philosophies, whether it's Hindu or Buddhism, five thousand years ago they had this all figured out already, and now we're reversing it, going back. But because the 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 the, the Buddhists and the Hindus couldn't build a cell phone, it doesn't mean anything. We're only interested mm -hmm. in people who can build cell phones and uh, special cars and technology and stuff like that. So we're making a, we're, I think we're making some headway. Can you talk about the, the modalities that you use? Because you, you're doing UFOs, but you're also doing other modalities. Do you meditate? Do you, are you able to heal? Like what kind of modalities do you practice on a daily basis? I think it's in the end, it's all come down to individuals. For me, I like, you know, anything that makes me happy could be, uh, well, spiritually speaking, like meditation, clearance, uh, crystals. Uh, and I like to watch those very inspirational YouTube news, like, you know, they tell you how to improve your life. You got those like a short clip in the morning for five minutes to boost up your energy. But what I actually learned the most, I think that would help some of the audience, is you have to, the ultimate reason to become awakened, you have to change yourself. Yeah. Once people start to change themselves, their entire energy field, the vibe and everything will change. And even their course of life will change. And that's that's what I've been told when I was on the saucer. They say, you need to change yourself, Shell. You know, I wasn't the best person before. You know, I have my shortcomings. But they say the reason why you have this and that and all those crazy things, because you are so stubborn. I was refused to change myself. Even the hairstyle before, I haven't changed my hairstyle for 20 years. And they say, you really need to change yourself. The message I've got from ET is, I'm happy to share. There seems like, you may heard about, a very important event at the horizon. And that thing is going to happen. People call it ascension. People call it, I don't know, uh, rapture, whatever, you know, different term. But the reality is not everyone is going to make it. People have to fight for it. So they said to me, I mean, talking about a few years ago, yes, you awakened, you're in the field, right? they're talking about me, but you're not qualified yet. If you want to get on this ride, you have to change yourself. So I was a tough call, you know, hard pill to swallow it. What? It really hurt my ego. I'm not qualified, look at me, you know, I'm, I'm good. And, and they said, no, you have to change yourself. You know, we can't help you, but only you can change your own life course. So I forced myself to transform myself. You know, I forced myself to try different things. And I want to say to those who follow, like a, a, uh, the view and everyone, I don't care which content modalities that you are in. Ultimately, in order to achieve higher consciousness, you must change yourself, have to change your shortcomings. This is the ultimate way for ascension. So, yeah. 
And so have you written this out? Have you written, have you thought about doing a book on terms of what you were told? Because that's what I always say is that you, I now, before I used to go after the president of the United States and the governments and the CIA people. And now I say the people you need to talk to are people like Chow who are, were on the ship. What did they tell you? What, and, and that's the thing, because the people that you're dealing with are at a higher spiritual level and they've got the answer and experiencers will tell you what happened. They'll tell you what the being told them. Whereas if you go to the government, they're not going to tell you. It's all classified. We can't tell you. We're fighting China. We're fighting the United States. We're going for war. We're going to start another war stuff. But that's the thing is, is um, the information I think you is, you've got is very valuable. Have you tried to share it or, or spell it out? Or is it just a simple message that you have to change yourself? Is that the main message yeah. that they're giving you? Look, it's, it's difficult for me to share because of my identity. If I'm American, if I'm Canadian, I can say what anything I want to say, right? But I'm a Chinese. So when I say things, I need to be careful because there are eyes watching me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've got some interesting news, um, but I can share part of it. I mean, I do believe for the years to come, I'm talking about in the next maybe less than three years, 2023 or 2024, uh, we will see a very big event. Um, for some people, maybe it's a great news, but for the rest of people may not be. It really depends on everybody's life trajectory in life. So if they think they deserve for an ascension, you have to fight for it. I mean, for each soul, we have to fight for ascension. I mean, you call it a rapture or ascension, you know, a quantum leap. Um, something is going to happen for uh, in the next two to four years, I believe. A year 2023 will be very interesting year to know. And I want to talk about a bit about China. Um, you know, there are secret treaties between U.S. government and ETs. What I heard is, don't quote me on it, it's just, you know, gossip from other people. I think Chinese government too, they may have some kind of treaty with a few rays from the skies. Um, I don't think I'm the right person to talk about it. I'll leave to the real insider from China to share if they dare to come out. Hmm. So I did you have, to, you have to get them anonymous where they you can translate for them and they you know have a picture blurred out or whatever. And because uh, that's that that is important where you have people who maybe have a platform where they feel safe and you, you almost have to empathize with them if they don't feel safe in coming out and, and telling their story, especially if they're an insider, the same thing in the United States. I mean, it, it's probably way more dangerous in China than it is in the United States being insider. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I told them, like, you know, hey, look, you have to come out, talk about it. And uh, they are very cautious about these. And I don't see myself as a, as a a core group role. not at all i'm just et experience of come out talk about my own experience and my observation about chinese you know contact modalities and uh, uh, communities i don't see myself as a as a as a person playing that big role but i do believe there are other people who knows much more than i do about some very interesting information let's call it right. and what really uh, what really drives me a little bit of uh, frustration is that we need to see more Asians, could be Asian men, they have to grow some balls, come out. Because Grant, like there are so many people from like Canada, USA, you know, it's, it's lots of news, 
But what's happening in Asia? I'm talking about like in Japan, Korea, China, no. Singapore. Like we have, like we're just calling them to come out, like just share some interesting information with the viewers. And we do need to know because in order for consciousness to be fully expanded on a global level, it's a unified consciousness, right? Yeah. We can't just have information from the Western world. We're waiting for the information to come out from Asia continent, from Japan, from China. So I'm calling those Asian ufologists or anybody in the know, do come out, please. And um, that's uh, just really waiting for them to come out, talk about something more deeper at inside a sort of level. Well, so. if you read contact modalities, it may be your role to do that because what you have is like the left brain is the male brain, the right brain that interacts with the universe is the female brain. I've tried to promote as much as I can. I have two assistants. One was supposed to be with us tonight, but she's got power outages in Toronto. Uh, but the it is the female, I think, that um, if, if the female rises up, it's the female that has the oneness, uh, the, the family. Whereas male, it's always, uh, you know, fighting contests, uh, me versus you, this kind of thing, where uh, I always say, I hope the women take over the world before it's too late. Because if you take a look at, at the situation, it's been males who have had, you know, pissing contests for years about this and about that. And it's always a competition. It's me versus you. So I'm glad that you have, have stepped out because I, I think that the, the females are the ones that may save us because they understand the principle of oneness. They understand the principle of working together. They understand the uh, spiritualism or even crystals. Like if you talk to a man in the United States, forget about a, a man in China, and you start talking about crystals, they're going to run as fast as they can. I mean, like, don't even, don't even <laughs> go there. I mean, no, I don't want any more crystals. And that's the yeah. thing. So it's, um, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And maybe that is your role. Maybe that's why the, they've stuck you in there as a female in China for that specific reason is to elevate that male-dominated me versus you separation mentality and bring more of the female thing that we need in order to survive. Otherwise, we're, we're just not going to survive. If we keep having wars and, and fighting and stuff like that, which, which males have done forever, uh, we aren't going to make it. I want to ask you a question. You mentioned being on the ship and, and this uh, seeing sort of something of the future. Were you sure, have you been seeing the screen on the ship people? 39% of people, according to the, the free survey, have seen the screen where they show environmental stuff or nuclear stuff. And have you seen, have you been seeing the screen on board the ship? Yes, I have seen it. And also have seen, um, sometimes they send image into your okay. soda when they talking to you, like this is the image. What I can see is our future is truly glamorous. It's saying it's going to be heavily. Yes, it's it's going to be really amazing, but only for the people who can make it. That's the reality. I'm not going to pan it in rosemary. Yeah. I mean, yes, the future is great, like heavenly like us, but it's only for the people who can make the cut. So I'm talking about the people who are highly conscious, resolve their traumatic issue. And, uh, you know, those like not just awaken, but they reach at a certain frequency by that they can make it to the next uh, game, basically. Okay, what, what do you think your role and my role is in helping those people? Because, you know, if they don't get the information, they're just going to continue to do what they're doing right now. Going to work, taking the kids to soccer practice, doing what they're <laughs> doing now. So how do we, how do you and I, what is our role 
how do Thank we you. get that message to the people who we want to try to save or we want to try to give them a chance to make it? Thank you. I think for every party, we have our own little homework or assignment. For you and I, I see that um, I would be very grateful, Grant, if you could invite more Asian ufologists or spiritual leaders even to your channel to talk about it. Sure. Because in order to make things happen, we need to know more information from Japan, China, Thailand, I don't care which country, but from the uh, Asian continent. It's not just like lighting the sky stuff, but also you can see how those rays, you know, their personality traits could react to those um, content modalities. Those will be very interesting data or like information, you know, we can write a paper about it. Uh, for me, I don't see my role as like a big insider, you know, disclosure, this kind of thing. I think my role, to be honest, is not those kind of super glamorous. My role is to tell people this happened to me. You know, that was me before, that's me now. I want to tell the viewer that, yes, you might be awakened, but that's not a guarantee that you will get a ticket to the new earth. If you want to go, you must change yourself. There's so many people in our community grant, they know a lot, but they refuse to change themselves. You have to change. And I will say to the viewers that they need to look into how to heal themselves. You know, they may get a psychic attack, all those crazy things. They need to find a way. There are so many YouTubers, maybe you could consider to invite them to look into those strategies, method, how to resolve those issues. Because those entities, or negative beings or implants, whatever you call those negative bunch, they will slow down their progression of you know, soul evolution. How are we going to find those strategy grant like inviting those people in the know how to remove those entities, how to remove those implants mm -hmm. to give the viewer some information. I, I know you've got issue, let's talk about how to resolve that issue. Because I believe just holding crystal may not be enough to be honest. So there might be some other methods people can try to remove those things. And also they need to change themselves. So that's, uh, maybe you could invite those people, the viewers can do some work and I'll just write more papers. I'm more than happy to co-write some papers with Ray um, organization or write some papers with others. So I think that's, that's, that's my role, so yeah. If you do get some people, you can come on and co-host with me and we will interview. If you see someone who has an important message in the, in the East, in, in Asia, yeah. let's set them up. You and I will co-host. You can lead me through and uh, we, can, we can talk to them. You can even do some translation or whatever. And because that's the, one of the problems we have is that it, this is just right now, just an American phenomena where it's all about America and you take a look at the population in, in Asia, that's the majority of the world. And if we can get in there and educate these people through you, because I don't know the people, you would know the people. So anybody you've got, just send me the list. We'll set it yeah. up. You can be the co-host and uh, we'll do that. Yeah, we just need to let the information out from the Asia continent. As you know, the uh, uh, U.S. is going to do, uh, uh, let's call it disclosure in some way, in 25th of June, is it? We don't know how big would that be, but it can't be everything happening in USA. If it's going to happen, we have to let information out from uh, Africa, Asia continent. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, because in, in the American, I have the problem with the Americans and 
I'm, I'm going up against the people who are actually pushing this agenda. And that is that it's being turned against, uh, well, we, we need this in case China gets it. I mean, China's the big bad guys and that's why we need disclosure. And again, it's the males, it's the male dominated uh, war mentality. And that's what Eisenhower said in his final speech, the president, beware the military industrial complex. And so that's where you and I have to step in and present the other side because they have their role and they figure they've got to do the threat thing. And you and I believe the consciousness has to. So let's get together. Let's uh, set up some, some interviews. I have a channel that's open sure. anytime. I have a lot of people that watch. So the message okay. will get out and uh, the people that are ready to hear it will hear it. And we can yeah. elevate the consciousness because you know how it works. It's, I always say like, it's, it's no different. We're no different than any other social or political movement. If you have a child that has cancer, it doesn't mean the whole world has to stop and cure your kid from cancer. We, you and I have to do the work yeah. knowing that it's an important issue, but we can't expect everybody to just drop, drop everything they're doing to help us. We have to do the work. And that's what they said to you. You've got to change. So whenever you get some guests, yes, please. The list, yes, that's, and that's we'll the set it up and we will tell the, to try to tell the rest of the world it's not just the United States. There's stuff happening in Asia as well. Yeah, thank you. I'm more than happy to share a few ufologists from China, you know, like uh, maybe we can invite them. I'm more than happy to translate, you know, when they uh, share some very specific cases like from China, I'm more than happy to be the translator, just, yeah. you know, and, inside. And if, and if you get the spiritual uh, components as well, because I do a yes. lot of the consciousness and the near-death experience. We yeah. interviewed Eben Alexander, and we, because yeah. that's an important thing when you, especially when you yes. look at near-death experiences, you see that, for example, 40% of all people in that are UFO experiencers say at one point during their experience, they knew the answer to everything in the universe. And in the near-death experience, 31% say they knew everything in the universe. 50% of all experiencers, UFO experiencers say they were healed or they can heal people. 70% of near-death experience people say they can heal people. It's almost the same thing. And, and so you get, that's why yeah. I always try to bring those modalities in to show people, because yeah. that's what Ray said. If you remember when Ray had his experience, they took him out of his car and he sees the wheel with all these modalities yeah. on it. And they said, you have to quit parsing it. You have to quit separating them. Because what happens even in the UFO community, experiencers will say, I, I, I'm, I'm an experiencer. Don't put me in with the channelers. They're all garbage. I, I'm not a channeler. Don't put me with the channelers. And I go, no, it's all the same thing. <laughs> and they, <laughs> people want to divide. Great, they want to great guy. I mean, I love Ray. And the people really need to give some credit and respect to Ray's organization, Ray. And they do a lot of like groundwork, like look into those very serious topics too. So, and, uh, 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 and even like you as well. So I think people just shouldn't really focus on those like, uh, like a, a big disclosure, thousands of beings, you know, all those things. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Let's so let's do something. It's been an honor talking to you. Thank you for giving me and my audience uh, some enlightenment about uh, the other half of the world where the people all live, and, uh, and to to show people that people are just people because we have this division of we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. Everybody's just as I always point out, everybody, all the men, like Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, all the men and women and aliens are but actors. We have our entrances and exits. We're all cycling in and out souls. Everybody's just a, a person trying to figure this thing out. We're all the same. We do good things. We do bad things. And people have to realize that. And we have to uh, enlighten the world. And I'm glad you were woken up. I was woken up. 
and it the, the there was an expression that's the biblical expression too much is given much is expected so you and i have been awakened but it doesn't mean we just sit there and enjoy it we have a job exactly. to do yes we've got a job to do that's the final message for everyone is what i've been told i can share with you just get that right even though you got into each content modality, there is no guarantee you are going to make it to the new earth. What I've been told is the only way to get to the new earth is for you to change yourself, to transform, to overcome your shortcoming. You have to change your stubbornness. This is very important that open up your mind and, uh, and uh, the consciousness level. So change is the key. Wow. Thanks. Shama, thank you very much. It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you for your message. Thank you for and, inviting me. Uh, We'll leave it at that and we'll do more shows and we'll uh, get some more people from the East to maybe educate the West people a little bit about uh, things are important there as well. So thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks a lot, Graham. Bye, everyone. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.